Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. We're taking over. Huh. Faith together. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and that harvest as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Remain standing for just a moment. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. It is evolution time. And we are that evolution. You are that evolution. That's why you've been dissatisfied with the state of what's going on in America, in your community, in your life, in your family. Your dissatisfaction is evidence that you are the evolution. Ephesians 5 15 watch this it says see then that you say your name walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise watch this it says see then uh, see them that you say your name walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise verse 16 redeeming the time or making the most of the time because the days are evil therefore stop acting unwise or do not be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is verse 16 let's go back to it redeeming the time uh, a couple weeks ago this video that went viral on social media uh, where a congresswoman was saying I'm reclaiming my time in other words, what she was saying is, I don't have time for your monkey business. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, uh, you don't have time to waste. And say it to a real big, say, no more monkey business. Now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> say no more monkey business. Father, speak to us now, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we would reclaim and redeem the time you have given us and no longer waste it on monkey business. And we thank you that it is so in Jesus' name. Everybody say 
You may sit in the presence of the Lord. Uh, we're in week seven of a series called The Animal Kingdom, Zoology, Theology, and Uology. This series meets at the intersection of the spiritual meaning of animals from the Bible, Jesus and you. In seven weeks, we've had live pythons, a bearded dragon, a dog, a scorpion, a dove, a spider, and today's animal uh, is a monkey or a gorilla. Now, as an FYI, there's nothing unbiblical about having animals in church as a prop to teach, and today's animal will be in the vestibule between experiences if you want to get a photo. Uh, now, the reason we don't have a real gorilla, I'm going to explain that to you in just a moment. A couple of things. One, they're unpredictable. Uh, I'm going to come to that in just a moment. And then number two, I wanted you to be able to take a photo. So there you go. All right. Now, now, now watch this. That term monkey business, say monkey business. It is an American slang term that means to waste your time and effort on something that is foolish. And if we think about it, we often live like we have unlimited time on earth and we waste a lot of our time with monkey business. And the truth is we do not have unlimited time. And that's why Psalm 90 and 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In essence, he says, Lord, teach me how to act like I don't have unlimited time because I will waste time avoiding things. I will waste time with messed up folk. I'll waste time in messed up situations. I will waste my time with monkey business. But say your name. Say no more time for monkey business. Now this brings Ephesians 5.15 to life in a very powerful way because he says see. Uh, to see something means you have to look at it. Say I have to look at it. Which means watch this. You live predicated upon how you look at things. You live based on how you look at things. So he says, see uh, that then you walk circumspectly. Circumspect means to look around, pay attention, wake up. He says, you're living life sleep. And when you sleep, most of us sleep with our eyes closed. There's probably a couple of us that have some uh, very intense military training to where you've learned how to do it with your eyes open. There's some folk that you got in your family that they be up walking around the house, eyes open, and they were sleepwalking. I'm not talking about those uh, exceptions. I'm talking about most of us, when we are asleep, our eyes are closed. And so Paul is saying in Ephesians, he's saying, I need you to start looking around and paying attention and wake up and stop living like a fool but live wise. A fool, by definition, is is one who lives as if there is no God. So he's saying, I need you to stop living like you've got unlimited time and as if there is no God. He says, because, watch this, verse 16, you need to redeem the time or make the most of the time you have left because the days you're in are trying to put you in a daze. I'm going to say it again. The days you're in are trying to put you in a daze. That's what days are evil mean. Evil in scripture means contrary to. He says the days are against you. And so if you just go with the flow of life in an indifferent, passive way, he says those days are going to put you in a daze. And now you're not going to be able to walk out everything God has ordained for your life. But I think there's some people that are at this 9.15 a.m. experience that say, if he died for it, I expect to have it. I expect to live in it. He did not die for me to get out of hell so I can live in hell. He did not die for me to be broke, busted, disgusted, messed up, jacked up. No, the devil is a liar and his grandmama is too. Somebody say, no more monkey business. So watch this. The art of preaching is called homiletics. And in homiletics, there are a variety of ways to postulate the principles of the sacred writ. Uh, that just means the Bible. And the three I employ the most often are expository preaching. That is where you take a particular passage and you explain it from a surface level. Say expository. 
Then there's something called exegesis. Exegesis is when you give an in-depth explanation of a scripture. And then finally, a topical message where you pick a topic and then you use scriptures to support it. Today's message, 915, is going to be a topical message to look at three specific areas where there's been some monkey business going on in all of our lives. I said in all of our lives. Uh, touch your neighbor and say, the monkey is coming out of your business today. Now, now, now watch this, watch this. Uh, it's got to end for you today because you and I have both wasted enough time with monkey business because of what we've been looking at. We've wasted enough time with monkey people, monkey places, monkey things, monkey ideas, and that comes to an end today. You will not go into the next year of your life messed up, jacked up, tied up, tangled up with the same stuff. Somebody shout, no more monkey business. So remember what he says in Ephesians 5. He says, so see them that you walk circumspectly. In other words, he says you need to look at what you're looking at and pay attention. So here's the first thing that goes on in our life where we have monkey business. When we look to avoid pain. We spend a lot of time wasting time looking to avoid pain. We live life, which is a contact sport, trying not to get hit. So when we live life trying not to get hit, you know what happens? We actually get hit more. When you live your life trying not to be betrayed, you actually get betrayed more because Judas has figured out how to deceive you. It's quiet in the church. So watch this. That's why Isaiah 66 and 9, I'm going to read the New Century Version. They're going to put up the New King James Version. Isaiah 66 and 9 says this. In the same way that I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born, says the Lord. If I cause you the pain, I will not stop you from giving birth to your new nation, says your God. Now check out the significance of this. He's saying, watch this, if there's pain, it's necessary to produce something great. You missed it. Wherever there is pain, something great is being produced. But here's how most of us live our lives. We live our lives trying to avoid painful conversations, trying to avoid painful memories, trying to avoid painful places, trying to avoid painful experiences. But check this out, 915. You are controlled by what you attempt to avoid. You are controlled by what you attempt to avoid. So as long as you're trying to avoid that conversation, you are controlled by that conversation. Watch this. As long as you're trying to avoid that person, you are now controlled by that person. As long as you're trying to avoid pain, you are now controlled by pain. But I think there's some people today that say, I'm going to just deal with the pain anyhow. Somebody say, I'm going to deal with the pain anyhow. Because pain is necessary to produce something great. Pain, without pain, a woman is not able to take a child from one dimension into the next dimension. Isaiah 66, 9 makes it clear. God says, if I allow this pain, I'm allowing something new to be born. Which means in order for your life to improve, so does your pain threshold. Your pain threshold has to increase in order for the quality of your life to increase. As long as you're looking to avoid pain, you're going to spend a lot of time with monkey business. Let me prove it. How many times have you tried to avoid something to only have that thing happen and worse? You tried to avoid a bad breakup and it ended up being the uh, part two of what's love got to do with it. If you've never seen it, go Netflix it. You tried to avoid having that conversation, and what ended up happening is that that conversation could have healed decades of pain. And instead, what you did is tiptoed around it and all of this and pretended like you didn't need to talk about it and you didn't need to deal with it. How many married folks sitting up right now, you're trying to avoid the pain of a conversation when that pain of the conversation would actually fix what's messed up in your marriage? You're praying for breakthrough, and the breakthrough in your marriage is a conversation. You don't need God to step in there. You just need to learn how to open up your mouth and talk. Say, I cannot avoid pain. 
Jeremiah 12, 5, if you have run with the footmen and they have worried you, then how can you contend with the horses? And if you were in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? Handle, what's this, what's this? God, Jeremiah had a lot of issues because Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. His assignment gave him a lot of pain. He had to deal with pain all the time. He was always weeping. He was always lamenting. The book of Lamentations uh, is essentially Jeremiah part two to lament means to mourn, to lament more specifically in Hebrew means he's asking the question how and why. So Jeremiah uh, is getting wearied by things. He's getting wearied by pain. He's getting wearied by all of what he's dealing with. And as he's getting wearied, uh, watch what God says to him. He says, if you've run with footmen and they worried you, how in the world are you going to handle a horse? He said, if you can't handle the pain of a little person talking about you, how in the world are you going to handle the pain of being in the public eye? If you can't handle the pain of a little exercise, how in the world are you going to be healthy? I'm not talking. If you can't handle the pain of a little discomfort, how in the world are you going to expect for your life to get better? If you can't handle the footmen, how are you going to deal with the horses? I said this in Colorado Springs a few weeks ago. If you ever watch, anybody ever watch the Ninja Turtles? A Power Rangers, you ever watch that? Okay, or you know somebody that has. How about that? Okay. And Ninja Turtles, they used to have these uh, guys that would go out before the big, the big villain, right? So you had the Turtles, you had Splinter, who was the rat that was their leader, but he was a rat. So y'all couldn't come up with another leader for the Turtles, a rat? So the rat was the leader of the turtles, and then they had these enemies. This enemy was Shredder, and if you watch the cartoon, uh, for all of my cartoon watchers, which I discovered that most cartoons are actually watched by adults, according to my research. So statistically speaking, the majority of cartoon watchers are not in Harvest Kids right now. They are in the auditorium right now and watching me right now. All right? So watch this. Then they had, they had Shredder and Crane. Crane was a little brain that was in the man. He was like right in here. Rawr, Shredder. You know him? You remember? Okay. All right, cool. And so watch this. So whenever they were getting ready to come against the turtles, before they'd send the real enemy, they would send something they called the Foot Clan. And the Foot Clan was out there to weary them and to tire them so they wouldn't have the strength to deal with the real enemy. The pain you're facing of your evolution is nothing but a footman. It's not even a real enemy. You're talking about the devil, this, the devil. You ain't even dealing with the real enemy right now. You are simply dealing with the pain of evolution and the pain of change. And the song says, no pain, no gain. So I came to tell somebody, you better handle the foot clan well so that when the real thing shows up, you're, you're ready to rock. We, we waste our time trying to avoid pain, try to avoid being hurt in relationships, try to avoid being hurt by friends, try to, everything we do is trying to avoid pain and hurt. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. Not realizing it's controlling you. It runs you. For some of you, people you hate run you. And I say hate because the truth is, is you ain't, you ain't quite, uh, 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 you ain't quite where you want to be. But can anybody thank God you're not where you used to be? But if we're super honest, if we were to ask the question, there are some of us in the room right now, well, it's not that we just dislike people. We just haven't, we just said, Lord, I just, I'm just going to tell it to you. I hate them. And I know that the Bible says I'm supposed to love, and I'm, and I'm working on that verse. I haven't gotten to that one yet. I haven't gotten to that series yet. I haven't been to the bookstore to buy that one. I don't know anybody. Anybody can be honest about that. Anybody can say me too. Anybody, you got some people right now in your mind that the truth be told, on Monday you forgive them, on Tuesday you can't stand them. 
On Wednesday, you're like, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for using my enemies. Hey, hey, hey glory. Thank you, Jesus. And then by Thursday, I can't believe. I... Anybody can say, me too, Bishop. Me too. Now, now, check this out. Check this out. So, we spend our lives trying to avoid pain, not realizing that we're actually participating in monkey business. We're wasting time trying to avoid pain. That's like playing football and, and, and trying not to get hit. Now, I did that. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm, I'm just, thank you. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I, I did that. When I, when I played football that year and a half, two years, when I did that in an official capacity, um, when I played in an official capacity for, for that time, I, that's what I did. I, I was on the field trying to avoid pain. That's what I was doing. So everybody else, you know, they would say, you know, come on, let's hit, let's hit. I was like, I said, y'all hit. I'm going to supervise the hitting. <laughs> Work on your form, son. Work on your form. Got to get, get your leg, got to get your leg. Nah, nah, spread them out a little bit. Okay, yeah. Like, I, you ain't going to hit me. I'm not built to take hits and not respond. I'm another breed, so I, I'm not. When Jesus said, turn the other cheek, you got to keep reading. As you come around with your right hook, so I, you know, you got to read your Bible. Now, just to be clear, that's not in the Bible. I'm being funny. But turn the other cheek doesn't mean be a punking, punching bag, just to be clear. What turn the other cheek means is see it from their perspective, just so that we're clear. All right, now, in that, so I, I, I was trying to avoid hits. So what ended up happening is that I would, I would can I just be honest about my tenure as fullback? So, <laughs> so because I'm trying to avoid hits, you know, I'm doing all these evasive maneuvers, <laughs> trying to avoid hits, and here's the deal. I'd go through all of that energy. Watch this. This is where you shout. I'd go through all that energy to only gain a yard. For somebody, you spent the last decade trying to avoid hits, trying to avoid pain. And the truth be told, you've only gained the yard. But today, I prophesy and speak it into your life that you're about to have accelerated progress. Because no longer will you participate in the monkey business of trying to avoid pain. Slap your neighbor high five and say, no more monkey business. You can't try to avoid pain. I go through all those maneuvers, and all those maneuvers would do nothing but get me a yard. And so I'd be like, so I'd, get up, I'd, get, I'd run off the field, and I'd think, oh, man, how far did we go? They're like, you lost a yard. <laughs> like, no, nah, that couldn't have been me. Couldn't have been me. They said, because you wouldn't put your head down and just push through the line. Oh, I came to tell somebody. You up looking around at everybody and everything. Put your head down and just bust through the line. Bust through that discouragement. Bust through that depression. Bust through that pain. Bust through that financial setback. Bust through it. Second thing, second thing we do. We, we, a lot of monkey business. Remember what he said. Remember what he said in Ephesians. See that you walk circumspectly. See means I got to look. It circumspectly means look around, pay attention. So, number one, we spend a lot of time on monkey business when we're looking to avoid pain. Number two, we spend a lot of time on monkey business when we're looking at the wrong thing. A lot of our time is wasted, not just avoiding pain, but we're looking at the wrong thing. Check it out. We often focus on who and what we don't have and where we don't have it instead of strengthening what we do have and not chase what's absent. 
And our social media culture magnifies this. You'll notice that today's animal in our series was the first fake. It's a costume. And that's how social media is. It's desire, not reality for most. So you're comparing the quality of your life to somebody else's monkey costume. You think something's wrong with you because you're looking at somebody else's monkey costume. You're not enjoying your spouse because you're looking at somebody else's monkey costume. Anybody that needs public lights about private relationships is somebody whose relationship is already over. Okay. You're looking at your financial situation and comparing it to somebody else's. That's their first check ever. And they showed you this one new thing that they bought. They didn't show you that the rest of the house don't have nothing in it. But you'll look at your life and get mad and angry. To I just can't believe that the Lord ain't moving. And God's saying, baby, son, daughter, you're looking at the wrong thing. So you're spending time in monkey business. Are you getting this, church? All right, 2 Kings 6.14. Yeah, we, we, we spend a lot of time wasting time looking at the wrong thing. 2 Kings 6.14. How much energy do you give people who are no longer even thinking about you? How much energy do you give to places that have moved on from you? How much energy, how much energy do you place in things that do not matter? How many people right now in this room, if we're to be honest, you're controlled by somebody that they haven't been in your life for decades, but what they did in your life has been controlling your life, so you've spent your life doing monkey business. You've been, watch this, busy but not productive. Just like the football analogy. You did a lot of running. I mean, and I, you know, I would, do, I would try all the stuff I saw on TV. And I'd be like, oh, no. I'd be trying all the moves, you know, all this. To only get off the field and say, you lost a yard. All that energy I put out, well, you wasn't doing nothing but monkey business. All that time I put in, that was nothing but monkey business. I remember one time, this game, it was a blizzard. It's a blizzard. It was an awful blizzard, too. And I was like, y'all really finna have the game? It's a horrible blizzard. And they had the game anyhow. And so, of course, that's, come on out. Come on, Foreman, let's go. I said, I'm good. Why don't you send him? He's got much more experience in this type of weather than I do. But they realized that to be skilled, I needed to play in bad weather. Some of you are mad at the situations and circumstances you're in right now, but God says, listen, uh, you playing in bad weather has given you some skill. You playing a bad hand well has given you some skill. Easy seas never made for a good sailor. One of the presidents said that, I believe. Watch this, watch this, watch this. 2 Kings 6, 14. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. This is the enemy of the children of Israel. Got it? And they came by night and surrounded the city. So they got all of this against them. Say so there's a lot against them. What's against them specifically? Horses, chariots, and a great army. They've got three things that are against them. What's against them? Now yours might not be horses, chariots, and a great army. Yours might be a generational curse, a breakup that you've still not broken through, and a little bit of a financial setback. Yours might be feeling discouraged, feeling like you're not good enough, and your kids don't quite listen to anything you say do. Okay, I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all talking to Well, what are your three? Because you, you don't have, because maybe it's difficult for you to relate to it because you're like, Bishop, I don't have horses and chariots and a great army coming against me. But just check it out. Horses, that's a different type of enemy. 
you're human, that's a beast. Got it? Then, then, then chariots, watch this, you walk, chariots roll. Which means that's an enemy that has a whole different transportation mechanism. And then a great army, it's a whole lot. It doesn't have to be dangerous, it's just a lot. You ever said to yourself, I'm just dealing with a lot. What you were saying is, I've got horses and chariots and a great army. It's not your three. My three may not be your three, but we both have a three. Somebody said we both have three. Now, now watch this, watch this. Verse 15. And, and they went to the servant of the man of God and arose early and went out. The man of God in this case is Elisha. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? Watch verse 16. Watch what the man of God says to him on Sunday morning at 9.15. I'm going to say it again because that's where you're supposed to respond. And watch what the man of God says to them Sunday morning at 9.15. He says, do not fear. You've got your three. You've got your three. But he says, do not fear. Because those that are with us are more than those that are with them. He said, you got your three. But if God be for you, that three is nothing but chump change. That three is nothing but monkey business. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, well, then what are we going to do? He was like, that's nice to know, but what are we going to do? He said, that's good, Bishop. You preaching all that good stuff. That's great. No more monkey business. Cool. So what am I going to do? Say, what are we going to do? Verse 16, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those that are with them. And watch verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Well, now, wait a minute. Didn't he look to see that? Come here, Ephesians 5. See that you walk circumspectly. Look that you pay attention. 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 Look at me, church. Look that you pay attention. He looked to see the three, but he wasn't paying attention. You've been looking at your circumstances, but you've been not been paying attention. Touch your neighbor say, but today. He says, look that you pay attention. I says, somebody said, I need to pay attention. So that's why at verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. He says, he's not living circumspectly. He's not paying attention. His eyes are open, but he doesn't get it. Let me tell you why some of you have been praying for things to change and nothing has changed. God says, you don't get it. You're begging me to do something and you don't get it that what you're dealing with is me answering you. So that's why you've been like, Lord, when is this going to end? And every week you're like, this is going to be the week. This is going to be the week. Command your week. You be going in with me. This is going to be the week. And then that week ends up seeming to have a lot of the same things from the previous week. And you're like, God, I don't know what's happening. And God is like, you're looking, but you're not paying attention. Are you here, church? Are you here, church? He says, Lord, open the eyes of the young man. And watch this. And he saw. Finally, he got it. He started paying 
attention. He started paying attention. Watch this. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. That's the man of God. Check it out, church. There were three things against them. Three things against them. You remember what they were? Horses, chariots, great armor. But look at what was for them. Horses, watch this. They got to upgrade. Chariots of fire. That was all around them. Which means your enemy's coming at you one way. But God says, I've upgraded you with something greater than what your enemy has. Your enemy may have facts, but you got truth. And truth is what my word says about it. A fact may be real, but the truth is what shall be revealed. He says, he says, chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, Elisha's servant was looking, but he wasn't paying attention. So he was involved in monkey business. He was scared of something he didn't need to be scared of. Some of you under the sound of my voice are so scared of losing everything that you don't even understand. You're nowhere close to that. Like what happens if everything goes wrong? What happens if it goes right? And at the 11.15, I feel an audible coming on. I don't even know that I'm going to be able to re-preach this. Because I got an announcement to tell somebody about what God is ready to manifest in your life. So here it is. Here it is. Let me give you the practical application. I got to finish. Be thankful for who or what you have. That's why Revelation 3.2 says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. You're so focused chasing what's gone that you don't strengthen what remains. Stop focusing on other people's lack of commitment or their lack of consistency or their lack of loyalty. Mark it, but don't focus on it. You ever been at a restaurant and there's children sitting at the table and the kids that are sitting there coloring their little coloring sheet, drinking their little chocolate milk, the parents aren't paying them any attention. But the one that's sitting there, don't do that to me. No! Know where I'm from? No turns into okay okay turns into we'll see if you do that again we'll see if you do that again it's something that I can't endorse from the pulpit obey your local state and federal laws check it out he says strengthen the things which remain revelation 3 12 so 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 we mark it here's the point of the analogy is that we often are spending time with the troublemakers and we spend no time with the ones that are not making trouble we're often spending time trying to figure out why judas did us that way rather than thanking god you got john y'all not talking John was loyal. He was beloved. He was there. He was present. Most of us, think about it. Most of your conversations during the week are focused on monkey business. Ooh, child, let me tell you what Tyrone did. Let me tell you what Bob did. Ooh, let me tell you what Susan did. Let me tell you what Jennifer did. You, monkey business. Did you see the real housewives? How about you be a housewife? Don't you look at me with that tone of face. You better clap your hands and tell God thank you. Do you see the real husbands? Be a husband. 
Okay, y'all don't y'all don't like that. Okay. And let's move on. All right. <laughs> don't focus on others' lack of commitment, consistency, or loyalty. Think about it. Most of our conversations during the week are on monkey business. I had to tell a good friend of mine the other day, I said, you know what? I don't want to talk about that no more. And, and they said, well, no. I, I said, no, 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 no. I said, I'm spending too much time on someone that does not matter. And I got people, I got places to go, things to do. I came here to rule and reign and conquer and subdue, and I don't have time for any more monkey business. That's why Romans 16, 17, I got to finish. Now, I urge you, brethren, note, that means mark those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned. Watch this. So here's what they say. What they say is this, is what you got to do is mark them and then just say, okay. There's some people on your job be like, well, I just don't trust them. Mark them. Just mark them. Just be like, okay, I can see you are not loyal. But I'm, watch this, I'm not going to sit here. I just don't know. I'm just seeking God. But seeking God about what? You're sent there to be changed. You're seeking God for change when you're sent to be changed. You just, I'm going to mark you. Even in church, I'm no fool to think that everybody that listens to me or everybody that stands in my line and says, oh, Bishop, you're yeah, yeah, oh, Bishop, oh, oh, Bishop, I was going to kill myself last night and then you preach. I was going to do this. Oh, you're the best this and that. And that. I'm no fool to think. That that's the same thing that said absent my face. I'm no fool to think that. You ain't playing nobody. I know. I just chose to mark you and keep it moving. Slap, I feel like preaching right through here. Slap your neighbor. High five. Say mark him and keep it moving. Don't think that everybody that smiles in your face is for you. You just got to learn how to keep it moving anyhow. I'm going to keep it moving anyhow. Talk about me if you want to. I'm going to keep it moving anyhow. Allow me if you want to. I'm going to keep it moving anyhow. Mark them. Mark. Number three. That's what you got to do in life. You're getting all upset. I'm going to have a meeting. About what? I don't want to have a meeting. You're marked. Okay. You got family members like that right now. You're like, well, I'm just trying to figure out why at the barbecue, y'all. I'm just trying to figure out why you brought me some, brought so and so some home to eat, and you didn't bring that. Monkey business. So here's what you got to do: go with the goers because you have more for you than you do against you. <laughs> Say, I got more going for me than I do against me. So first thing, first thing we spend, monkey business, wasting time, looking to avoid pain. Second thing, looking at the wrong thing. Third thing, looking at looking. Looking at looking. Bishop, what do you mean? A great life is made up of great years. Great years are made up of great months. Great months are made up of great weeks. Great weeks are made up of great days. Great days are made up of great decisions. And decisions remove excuses because when you want to, you'll find a way to. And when you don't want to, you'll find an excuse not to. And that has a word that starts with a P, procrastination. Procrastination is nothing more than an excuse. Now, now watch this. We've all spent time in that monkey business. I'm going to do it Friday. But you already know what that means. That means I'm not going to do it. Anybody can say me too. Anybody like this? I don't just need a hand up. I need a hand, a leg, a foot. We've all done it because here's the reality. Here's the reality. Here's the reality is that we often spend time in monkey business. We looking at looking. 
I'm thinking about it. Watch, well, here's what church people do. I'm praying on it. Which is nothing more than an excuse for why you won't do anything. It didn't take God eight weeks. I'm just seeking God. It didn't take him that long. Nowhere in the Bible did it take him that long to respond. Unless his directive was do the last thing I said, so I'm not, I'm not going to respond. What's the last thing I said to do? What's the last message you heard in church? What's the last thing you got on auto message? What's the last thing you got uh, uh, from the CD? That's my last directive, so I have nothing new to say. Follow the existing directive. Often, often, especially if you've been in church for a while, you learn how to do this good. I'm just seeking God, baby. Just want to, I want to move in God's timing. You've wasted the last seven decades of your life waiting on God's timing. You've wasted the last five years of your life. Wait, I'm just waiting on God. To do what? As much as you say you're waiting on him and talking to him, it ought to be some stuff to show. And in your neighbor's life, it starts manifesting today. I don't care who came in here frustrated, who came in here angry, who came in here mad. We all probably have some things that we've been procrastinating with, got excuses for. But today starts action. Today starts movement. Today starts progress. Say it starts today. So check this out. Whatever we behold, we become. And we always behold. What, what, I says, uh, what, uh, let me say it this way. If we always behold what we're thinking about doing, we'll be nothing more than a bunch of thoughts. Think about it. Whatever we behold, we, whatever we behold, we, whatever we look at, we live out. So if we always are beholding, thinking about something, we'll be nothing more than a bunch of thoughts. Thinking about it. I really am thinking about it. I'm going I'm to start serving. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to, I know Bishop, my pastor, I didn't been, I didn't been dating the church for seven years. <clears throat> But I'm just praying. Okay. Great. I, I, I've been thinking about becoming a faithful giver. I've really been thinking about it. I'm looking at it. Okay. And I know that from firsthand experience. Because when I say to someone, I'm look, I'll look at it. What that means is, no. I probably shouldn't have told y'all that. Because <laughs> can you do I'm looking at it. <laughs> Now, sometimes looking at it does mean I'm going to look at it. No, no, I'm just joking. No, 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 I'm just joking. I'm being facetious here. But you ever had an answer where you knew it meant no? Just the person you were telling it to didn't know that it meant no? So you left them with a false hope that it actually meant something else when you know you knew that it meant no when you said it? Okay, watch this. Sometimes we spend time in monkey business looking at looking. So then we're nothing more than a bunch of thoughts. Let me, tell you, let me explain to you why you get overwhelmed because you've been looking at looking. And here's what happens when you look at looking. You get constipated because of procrastination. Constipation comes from procrastination. In case you're unfamiliar with what constipation is, constipation is when nothing flows. So here's what life is. Monday, whoo, it's going to be a great week. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. What you going to do this week? Just I'm going to make it happen. What are you going to make happen? I'm just going to get a lot done. It's evolution time. Bishop was right. Well, what are you going to do? Man, I'm just going to just move in what God has ordained and just, just going to take over. Rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. 
So what are you going to do? So you get constipated. And when you're constipated, you're moody. You're frustrated. You're angry. Come on now. If your neighbor hasn't touched you the whole experience, and I've said it like five times, they're probably constipated. Just telling you. It's okay. It's okay. I'm saying I when I was a kid, that used to happen to me. And so they said, come on in here, baby, get some of these prunes. Because you need something, you need a prune that's going to uh, interrupt your lack of productivity. You need something that's going to uh, give you a flow. Can I tell you, the pain you've been dealing with has been designed to give you a... Here it is, church. Joel 2.25. Y'all all right? Now I'm going to shout you real good right through here. Are y'all ready to close it with me? Joel 2.25. So I will restore to you the years... That the swarming locust is eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent amongst you. Watch the verse. God says, I sent this. Now, locusts, here's what's funny about the verse. Locusts are an idiom for bad decisions in scripture. So in other words, God says, I watched you make that bad decision. And I could have blocked you for making that bad decision. I chose not to block you for making that bad decision because I knew that there was something good that was going to come out of it. Watch this, church. Now, he says, I'm going to restore to you the what? The years. Somebody say the years. Check this out. That the swarming locust is eating, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great armor, which I sit amongst you. Check this out, church. Oftentimes in church, if you grew up in church, you had God as a God of restoration. And we always took that to mean the stuff. He's going to give me the stuff I lost. He's going to give me that. But restoration of things isn't always God. Instead, God restores the years, not necessarily the stuff. Here's the question, though. But what if you keep wasting new years doing the same stuff you did in past years? You will keep repeating. I thought we were going to shout, but apparently not. Y'all taking this a very pedagogical way. That's okay. Very scholastic, very cerebral. Why give you new years if you're going to do the same thing you've done in past years? So for God to give me new years, that means I have to leave monkey business. Now now check out the revelation. Anybody still breathing? Still living? It's probably most everybody in here. Right? Unless something has happened since when you got here until now. So check this out. If you still got breath in your body, that means God says, I'm not done with you yet. And if I'm not done with you yet, I want to give you a restoration of the years, a restoration of the time, a restoration of the energy. You spent the last several years in monkey business, looking at the wrong things and looking at looking and you've been uh, looking at to uh, to avoid pain. But God says, what I want to do in your life now is restore to you the years, restore to you the time that you've wasted. Say he's restoring my time. Say I'm reclaiming my time. And here's what you're going to have to do, church. Here's the final piece I want to give this to you. You're going to have to give up good so you can get great. You're going to have to give up what's good enough so that you can have what's greater than. What does that mean, Bishop? We can't just look to look anymore. I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm thinking about, oh, wow, y'all put the lizard in the alligator's mouth. Wow. Um, I just noticed it back there. Um, 
how many right now you got decisions you've been sitting on for, for a while? That's m- most of us, right? I've just been sitting on it. I'm just thinking, just looking, not sure. Just kind of looking, checking things out. You never know. What happens with this? What happens? I'm trying to wait to see what's going to happen with this and that. And I'm just trying to, and I'm just, I don't know. And, you know, I'm just kind of filling it out and just kind of seeing. And God is like, well, while you're looking and looking, I'm trying to give you new years. But why give you new energy, new strength? Because years there, that just mean time. Why give you new e- years, new strength, new focus, new fortitude, new fight? Why give that to you if all you're going to do with it is go back and play monkey business? That's why old people show up at New Year's to see if you want to stop playing with monkeys. That's why old situations will show up in New Year's to see, have you learned the monkey business lesson? Because if you're really honest, some of your greatest challenges have really repeated themselves in different people, different place, but it's the same challenge. And God is saying, Listen, I just want to see if you're going to keep doing monkey business or if you're going to take advantage of New Year's. And you and the person next to you seem like the kind of people that say, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to waste any more of my years. I'm not going to waste any more of my time. I'm not going to waste any more of my focus. I'm not going to waste any more of my zeal. If God be for me, who can be against me? All things are working together for my good. For God I live and for God I die. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. And every time that rises in judgment, it is condemned. I am the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I was sent to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. And every day I get up, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not looking and looking. I'm not looking at the wrong thing. I'm not looking to avoid pain. I'm going to put my head down and just run the ball. I'm going to put my head down and just run the ball. Slap your neighbor, high five, say, just run the ball. And I ran out of time. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. 